All right, uh, welcome to the Raleigh Bitcoin podcast. Uh, we have meetups every Tuesday night at the Rally Point Sports Bar, Sports Bar on Harrison Avenue at 6.30. So um, if you're in Raleigh, come out to our meetups. If you're not in Raleigh, uh, move to Raleigh because Raleigh is the um, most toxic Bitcoin city in America, in the world. We found um, out that we just celebrated our 10th anniversary of the meetup, right? That's right. Oh, Do you shit. run through like yeah. a brief history of the meetup for my oh, own kind of personal? Wow. Yeah, so there was, and you know, the the meetup of all meetups in Nashville last year. There was a Telegram chat, and I posted a link to our first meetup, which is in April 2013, um, documented on Meetup.com, and I was like, "Can anybody beat this?" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Anybody got a link to a official meetup older than this?" And nobody could, so. We're the oldest, and so I guess that makes sense. That's why why we're the most toxic, right? Um, but I would say your leadership is why. Oh yeah, we're the most. Yeah. Toxic. <laughs> well, I, I took over it's from Jameson Lop. Uh, I don't think he'd mind me saying that. And I remember the day that Jameson left organizi- organizing. He was like, "I'm uh, I'm moving out of town." Everybody was like, "Where are you guys moving to? Where are you moving to?" And he's like, "I'm not telling any of you fuckers where I'm moving to." Because <laughs> he got so. swatted, didn't he? Yeah, he got swatted. I guess that was in like 2016, 2017. But, you know, I've had it at like 10 different places, Panera Bread, a couple different bars, Starbucks, a lot of different formats, some kind of presentations. Um, yeah, man. Was Lop the founder? Yeah, definitely. He was okay. the founder, sure. Yeah, I thought I heard somebody say one time that there was somebody who ran it before Lop. Well... I'm not going to say the other guy's name that's kind of been running it the whole time, too, because he's pretty private. But um, now back then it was it was a lot uh, sketchier. It was a lot rougher. It was a lot more drug dealers rolling in. I kind of miss the drug dealers. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, yeah. do you do you miss like how it used to be? And I think we will eventually like in like in five or six years. Like, I think each adoption is getting more normy, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like. Yeah. The super interesting crypto uh, cypherpunk type, you know, whatever. It was, yeah. It used to be a lot weirder people, a lot edgier people. I mean, I love it now. It's great. I mean, it's just, like you said, it's a natural that it just becomes more normy. There's more people that just know investing well now, mm-hmm. where before it was like, it wasn't really investment people. It was um, drug dealers. Dark web types. Dark web, super nerds. Um, super libertarians, but I love that it was just the coming together of all these random types of people. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, so um, I thought I'd start today with a clip from the podcast of Breed Love with Luna. Did do you did you guys know who Luna was before? I don't know who. So I saw when you sent the clip. I'm not sure who yeah. he is. I, don't, I didn't know who he was either, but apparently he has mostly a Spanish-speaking audience, and I love him. But this one clip is kind of about coming to meetups and why it's so cool to get to talk to people in person about Bitcoin. And it's a little bit long, so sorry about that. Was there a particular moment in that journey that you recall having the inflection point, like going from curiosity to conviction, let's say, in Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, 
it, it was a process, as I was saying, no? And, and, but for me, the, the no way back moment was uh, Riga 2019, Baltic Honey Badger. And it was, so, when 2017 happened, the, the bull market, uh, the 20,000, it, it, you have this kind of moment that you want to talk about it with everybody, mm. with your family, with your friends, and some of them follow your advice and they start to buy, but they are not so convinced. And then it, it goes down, it goes down to 3,000. And then people look at you and say, hey, what about this thing? No, I bought it 15,000, mm. what about this thing? And then it's like, okay, I'm not gonna talk about it with anybody, it's, I'm done. I'm done, and because I, I realized it was a mistake by my side. Um, and, and then I, I started to leave Bitcoin on my own, privately. Studying it, doing my show. My friends and family didn't know that I was doing the show. I started to have friends you know, from other, all the parts of the world, but uh, my close friends didn't know about it. And then in, I was so alone, let's say, in my journey, only with digital friends. And then when I went to Riga, Baltic County Budget 2019, it changed everything. It, it was like, no, this is real. This is not me being Yeah, um, I think I clipped that just because I get this at the meetup a lot when the people first come, they're just like, it's kind of like, I don't have anybody to talk to anymore. You, I mean, have you heard the new people that come and they're just like, my wife told me to stop talking about it. My friends tell me to stop talking about it. Like, I'm here. You got the meetup is crucial as an outlet. Like yeah. I can't imagine. Like I feel for some of these people that live in more rural settings where their only way to interact with the Bitcoin community is through Twitter. Yeah. Like I can't imagine how. I mean, like that. That alone has to be somewhat isolating, because Bitcoin Twitter can be a rough spot. Like I like I I go hot and cold with Bitcoin Twitter all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, not, it, that's nothing compared to meeting people at a at a conference or something like that. But really, meeting at the meetup and like getting organized with you guys and stuff like that, yeah, it's 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 great. And I think uh, a lot of people like I don't know, just yeah, go in there and like you're saying, they're they're getting a lot of their friends are kind of telling them to to leave them alone. But did you ever kind of preach, you know, not preach Bitcoin, but like try to encourage people to buy, and then you know they got rug pulled or whatever it is, the price went down a bit and so they didn't like you and you stopped talking about it. Like when, when did you, cause I think everybody goes through that phase where like you mm -hmm. can't shut the fuck up about it, but then you start realizing like maybe you should chill out. Maybe you should just keep to your own and then people will maybe seek out your advice who, who want to. Yeah. It sucks. That realization sucks so bad that you just, you can't push people into Bitcoin and, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't even encourage people to buy it anymore, right? I'm just like, don't spend your money, spend your time trying to learn about it. Um, but, you know, it sucks. It's just this feeling that, like, I'm on the lifeboat, and they're not, and they just won't get on the freaking lifeboat with me. It's, it's the hardest feeling in the world. I'll have people where I will think that I've gotten them fully on, where, mm -hmm. like, I'll leave, and, like, and I'll get home, and I'm just like, yes orange pill dispensed and then i'll check up with them a couple of days later and it's like you know they haven't done anything about it like they leave being like i'm absolutely gonna buy yeah and then i check in next time and they just haven't done anything and, and i mean that's not it's not demoralizing but it's yeah. more like it's like disappointing it's like you got them like you had them right there 
and they just didn't take the steps. Like everything you were saying was making sense to them. They agreed that there is a bullish case for Bitcoin, and they it, but it wasn't enough to make them take action. Yeah, and even if they did take action, like this guy said, I think, or maybe it's in the next clip I had. It's you know they would buy in, but if they didn't really get it, you know, as soon as the price dropped, they'd sell and they just get mad at you. And well, see, that's what I come across now is like if you don't understand Bitcoin its value that it will bring to the world, its long-term use case, the fact that it's money, not an investment. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I don't want you buying Bitcoin because you're probably only going to buy it on Coinbase. You're you're not going to buy the actual asset. You're going to buy an IOU. Uh, If you don't have that deep understanding of what Bitcoin is, then you're going to sell it at the most inopportune time likely to BlackRock, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more interested in educating people about it than in trying to convince them that they need to buy it. Yeah, and if they, but if they don't want it, you know, if they don't have that desire, that curiosity, man, it's, uh, but, and it takes a long time, right? I mean. You got to drip on them. And they ultimately have to kind of want it themselves. I don't really struggle with if people buy it or don't. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't feel like a religious scoreboard on my part that I need to help people onto the lifeboat. Yeah, like I want to. Who who doesn't want people to buy Bitcoin and hold Bitcoin? But you know, it's like I I just want more man, Bitcoin within my circle of influence. Well, of course I would too. Yeah, and I would I would like also people to think that I'm I'm also smart too, right? Like I don't <laughs> like that. Like I can't. Like I talk to them for like two years and they still fucking don't do it because. There's just the, the words aren't matching or it's whatever. But yeah, so I, I've to, I'm I, I really dig that clip because yeah I've I've totally just shut the fuck up about Bitcoin to anybody around me, and sometimes I'm thinking man like if they would have listened to me at sixty nine thousand and then it did what it did and so yeah some kind of looking back on it I'm happy I didn't go as hard as I could have you know but um, I'm I was, gonna you know, I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and very early on in this episode get my conversation that Steve hates out of the way. At one point oh, yeah, during this clip, let's get out, the let's to get the out listener, of the way. Listener diaries, um, or what is, what is it? What? I don't know. What are you so talking about? So, like, at one point during the clip, he talks about the transition from curiosity to conviction. Uh, Steve is not like a coin stories guy. He does not care about hearing how people got into Bitcoin. Oh, but oh. I've never actually asked Steve, what was that <laughs> moment for went, you <laughs> where you went shit. from unbelievable steve just cracked a beer and it is foam city over here sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no all good what like what 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 got you across the it's still going over there what got you from curious to convicted about the long-term case for bitcoin you weren't even with us the other night when me and jacob were slamming beers and i got drunk and um do you do you remember that? I you, do not. Did we have this conversation? We had this conversation, Shit. and I was telling you, I was telling you, like, God, oh, I, I hate that question when it comes up on po- podcast. How did you get into Bitcoin? And then you told me that like you were going to ask me that on your Spaces show. Just oh, I do to, remember this, but you didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. And he's yeah, never we're definitely come back going again. to. We're definitely going <laughs> to ask you when you when you come on. Well, I I like. Um, I was thinking about that, and I, I like the the question better. You know, how did you go from? Um, curiosity to conviction on turn me down a little bit 
Um, because I, I think that's a better question than like, how did you first get, whenever you ask, how did you first get into it? It's always like, Oh, I heard about it. And, uh, you know, I like, saw the I, listing I on Robin Hood. And then like, I thought about it later on, like, but you know, yeah, better question is not when did you get into Bitcoin, but like, when did it sort of kind of click? And it's not like there's just one click it's kind of like a series of clicks but like when was like the big substantial click when you kind of realized holy shit this is going to change the fucking world and there's nothing's going to stop it and um the thing that sticks out in my mind was my stepmom telling me um that there was always somebody behind the curtain like with any stuff like this there's always a man behind the curtain and this was a, you know within the first six months of me learning about Bitcoin and I was like, I'm not sure that there is, but she convinced me that I was like, no, she's right. I have to totally convince myself that this is decentralized in every possible aspect, because if there is any way that a central actor has control over this thing, it's done. And I mean, there wasn't like one thing I did to convince myself of that, but just I was lucky enough to understand cryptography before, like I had the mathematics background before that. So I, I knew that cryptography was good. And then the running of the nodes and um, the decentralized consensus mechanism. And yeah, I mean, I convinced myself after that conversation, I was just like, holy shit. No, there is definitely nobody behind the fucking curtain here. Uh, and this is just gonna win but see see i don't like these stories because they're never good like i never hear somebody's story and i'm like no, oh decentralization that's awesome. as that's a selling point <laughs> i mean it, it's not necessarily a good story but it is a good talking point yeah. that the fact that this thing is provably demonstrably decentralized yeah that is powerful you have to you have to do that for yourself though like don't you think like if you try to tell someone else like there's absolutely nobody in control of this thing like, I think so. You got to convince yourself of that. Well, I mean, and that's like, mm -hmm. if you're new, you're going to read a bunch of questions to the decentralization of it that were resolved in 2017 and 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 whatnot through the the block size war. Was was the decentralization of the network as clear before the block size war? Like, it it, it feels to me just ha having not been into Bitcoin during that time that the power of miners was much more hyped up and overestimated than how we understand it to be now. Um, was, yeah. was there as, as good of a grasp of that node runner versus miner dynamic as I feel like we have now? Definitely not. The block size wars, it, just peeled a layer of the onion that we hadn't really thought through and it's it's still kind of fresh you know i'm not sure if we've really gotten into the bottom of that because we're still talking about stuff like the um you know what's the way to activate stuff the speedy trial stuff yeah like like, like there's still game theory into what role miners play in the network that i i think we still don't really know but yeah, that that definitely that definitely revealed that the node runners have way more power than the miners, and everyone had already talked about that. But it's kind of different to when like shit hits the fan, right? And 
when, when push actually comes to shove. Yeah, exactly. When people have skin in the game. I, so, I mean, I still, I'm learning new things every day. I mean, right now I think miners, the, the miners have a more significant impact than I thought before when it comes to making new capabilities of Bitcoin. Like when it comes to, you know, CTV or like whatever the new shit that people want in, um, miners have more power over that like they don't really have power over who over what the consensus rules are if miner tries to change it themselves and it's not going to work but do, do you feel like miners um, nowadays have more interest in preserving the principles of bitcoin rather than pure profit now versus back then the taproot the the ease of which taproot sailed through made me think that yeah because i mean like i i I think with having the majority of the hash rate domesticated now i think Uh, you have more people that are actually on mission versus people yeah like what was what was the big bitmain guy's name jihan Wu. yeah yeah like i feel like he was just purely profit driven yeah rather than like no i believe in the principles behind the asset well, you had that dude uh, from Slush Fund. What's his name? He always seems to be like the biggest principled of the the big mining guys. I don't really know about somebody like Marathon. I mean, I, I know I'm mixing miners with mining pools here, but mining pool operators are very significant in this thing too. Um, this is way different from the. Are, are, do you what? is your understanding of stratum v2 i mean the basic understanding is just that um instead of miners just mining whatever list of transactions you give to them the miners themselves can decide which transactions go in the block that they're mining but they're still in the pool so everyone in that pool still gets paid out proportionately to their might their hashing power but um, each per- each miner in the pool could be working on a completely different list of transactions in their block. So that's I think that's great. I think that's that's really nice. I mean, it makes I think that makes censorship um, of transactions at the mining pool level a lot more difficult. Sure. So, yeah, but that's I mean they've, they've been working on that for forever. Hey, that, that yeah, kinda, it kind of seems like. Uh, well, why it's getting that? a lot of promotion at the moment, and I think it's like there's yeah. an open sats project that's trying to get it in development. But okay, I well, just I, it's I just not heard a about bip, it for the though. first time. I mean, uh, there you go. It, I mean, it, it's it's not a bip, is it? That's I what I'm understanding. It it's like how, how would it be implemented? Uh, the mining pool operators would have to implement it, and it's such you know these they're like repairing the airplane while it's in flight you know like you're gonna ask sure. a mining pool operator to change its software like in between blocks like well, in a just way that missing keep them. one block is an enormous hit to profitability so it, i love that analogy of repairing an airplane in flight because that's how everything in bitcoin seems so I, maybe that's it it's just everything has to be absolutely perfectly tested and you because you can't switch to that and then there's a bug in it and then you try to switch back and then you're like down for a whole day and you just lost right. like a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> if you're lucky yeah 
Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that that is tricky. Because maybe, maybe you're, you're also, that. like, to some degree asking, like, Stratum V2, I feel like, asks, asks miners to ask to act against their ability. It, it, it diminishes their own power to some degree. Yeah. I mean, another layer of the onion that I feel like hasn't been pulled back yet is this ability to uh, put in what are called out-of-band transactions it just means that transactions that if you tried to broadcast them to other people's mempools, they they wouldn't broadcast them to other nodes, but they're still a legit transaction. So a mining pool, um, I think, what is it, F2 pool that does this? They put all these transactions that are um, out of band. This and, has been uh, coming up a lot with ordinals, I feel like, where yeah. they're contacting a pool kind of outside. Right of the boundaries of the game so to speak see that's why i don't like like the terminology i'm gonna pay you yeah it's not outside of these are all um it's still economically driven right and they're like when you say out of band it it makes people think like out of consensus or something you know and and it's like no this isn't out of consensus this is a fully legit bitcoin transaction every node would would accept this it's favoritism it's purchased favoritism. What do you mean by that? Meaning that, so what you're saying is like, I'm, I'm going to, I know who is running the line to get onto the blockchain. And I'm going to skip ahead of line and slip somebody some money so that yeah. I can get to the front of the line. Is my understanding of a lot of those out-of-band transactions is they don't want right. to wait. Well, I mean, if you don't want to wait, you just put a large fee in it. I, I don't. Isn't that like RBF? No, that's that's a little different. I mean, different. RBF is. Well, related, I mean, well, well why, why, why don't we do this then? Like, let's. What are out of band transactions then? So there's a difference between the kind of transactions that your node will propagate to other nodes, and the kind of transactions that are legitimate consensus. It's not the case that just because you have a legitimate Bitcoin transaction that your node is going to tell other nodes about that, that transaction. Because they have things like um, sub-dust limit transactions where it seems like it doesn't make any sense for someone to spend you know, such a small amount of Bitcoin because you know, paying one cent per byte, one sat per byte on a transaction would make this output irrelevant. So it doesn't make any economic sense, therefore, Bitcoin nodes just see this as as dust or noise, and they're just not going to propagate it to other nodes, even sure. though it's a legit transaction. It just seems like totally senseless. A miner can just put that transaction in a block. Even though it's against their... It's not against a consensus rule. It's not against consensus, it's but against it's against a their... propagation rule. Or, or yeah. their financial best interest, sure. at least in terms of like what is seen. Right. And so yeah. are they not going kind of almost underneath the table greasing palms being like hey I know this is only one sap for, per V-byte but include this because I'm going to pay you directly to include it in your block sure yeah I mean and they could be paying like all the mining pools and just saying whoever puts this in gets the money it's, it's just that you know I I can't use the normal bitcoin rails to propagate this transaction to you so I just have to email you this transaction 
So I mean, it's not it's it's not a huge deal, but it's it's just kind of it's interesting. Like, what if this whole network of propagating um, transactions to miners, other than the existing Bitcoin rails, um, you know, what what happens with that? I don't know. I mean, I just think that's a kind of an avenue we haven't really thought through yet. But it doesn't really feel like a threat. No. Maybe it's another chapter in the whole game theory of this whole stuff, but. Well, I mean, I don't really even see like ordinals or BRC twenties as a threat. Yeah, I do think they're an attack of sorts. I just think they're a really stupid and bad one. Yeah, um, as proven by just sort of the capitulation of the high fee market in in basically no time. Yeah. You uh, a couple of weeks ago, you thought it was gonna stay uh, clogged. You still. It's gonna stay high. <laughs> well, no, I mean the block. The blocks still are there. still backed up, and the fee yeah. market is way lower. Yeah, but there's still a hundred plus blocks waiting to be mined. Yeah. Whereas, if we were to be recording this six months ago or so, mm-hmm. it would clear at three a.m. basically every night. Yeah. Like, there's a guy in our meetup that would do like kind of has trouble sleeping and would do like a late night <laughs> mempool watch and would be like you know 2 a.m two blocks waiting and then like the mempool would clear mm. so i mean it hasn't cleared just the fee market has regulated yeah which i'm thankful for because mm. uh, i mean i had some shit i needed to do and uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to pay a bunch of money for it so but this is another kind of like when we were talking about the difference between um you know mempool entries and consensus legit transactions if people don't want that many transactions in their mempool all they have to do is just raise the amount of fees that have to be there in order for you to get into their mempool right Right. so every everybody runs their own mempool so i mean a lot of transactions being in a mempool is just kind of like a function of how many really noisy spam transactions a individual person wants on their computer. You know, you can just raise the fee and then all of a sudden you don't have those transactions. You're filtering out a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. So just like saying that there's like all these transactions waiting to be mined is, um, I could see a future where it was just infinity. Right, so it's not really a function of like how many one sat fee transactions are there out there. That's kind of like irrelevant. There could be ten bazillion one cent transactions. All that matters is how many transactions are there at the amount that is actually getting pushed through these days. I do get sometimes like so. I mean, speaking about like how many blocks are in line to be mined. There have been a couple transactions that I've made recently that did not have like a particularly high fee, mm. but got mined in the next block. Yeah. How? Like, like how? Like how? How does if if I mean, if, if if I can look at the yeah. mempool and see that there are triple figure blocks waiting to be mined, and I'm putting right. in like you know a, a median level sat per V byte fee. Or actually, probably honestly, less than that. I'm not. I'm not being. Do you remember the what it was? Bare ass exactly. minimum. No, no, I don't. Because okay. I mean, but in the, it, in the it, last it was two low. weeks, in the last two weeks, if you were playing, paying five cents per byte, five sats per v byte, 
it would have gone through overnight. Or when it could have just gotten lucky. Is it is it because that there are a hundred blocks worth of lower fees yeah. than what? Damn. Son. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what so, I'm saying. Like there might be a thousand blocks uh, that somebody just put on the network that, that are, are just one low, sap low bite, fees, and they will just never get and they're just transacted up ever, hoping to win the lottery. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, okay. I can see that definitely be in the future, but I mean, eventually people are going to be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to keep those transactions on my note anymore." I guess it just didn't occur to me that there was that many transactions at like the low fee spot that were were clogged up there. This this is why I don't, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I don't really like mempool.space as a website to look at mempool statistics. If, if you look at that Joe hose, um, site that I link to a lot, it's a lot clearer where the majority of these enormous transactions are like there there are no transactions that are 10 sat per byte all of this like enormous waiting period that you're talking about they're all at one or two sat per byte sure because Just if they're, they're if they fine to more, wait forever right exactly they're fine yeah i mean it's a great time preference thing right uh, but yeah i mean we might be like maybe i'll get lucky and or i mean is it is it even legit I mean, are, are these... Is it spam? Yeah, like, huh. in, you know, the fuck boys that were like, we broke Bitcoin or whatever, you know, like, some people are willing to pay a lot to, like, make a statement like that just for their ego or whatever, so... Sure. I, you know, do they even care if those things get transacted? No, they just want to, like, ship post on Twitter about how they... Right, yeah, How exactly. they clogged everybody's <laughs> mempool. I got you. I clogged your mempool with my transactions. <laughs> like, Ugh, who gross. cares? All right, let's get a clip. All right. Um, so this. Uh, all right. So that another one about um, just, you know, coming to a meetup and being able to talk to people. But this uh, podcast with Breed Love and Luna was more about forgetting what money is and what the government does to try to make people forget what money is. And there was there's something here that I had never thought through before, so I couldn't play it. Because the dollar was just a representation for gold originally, right? It's like a paper warehouse receipt you take to the warehouse to get gold. Mm. But over time, if people get accustomed enough to transacting in just that paper, then they f- they forget what money is, as you're saying, right? They forget that it it's supposed to be a representation for gold, and then you can get people to just have confidence in the paper itself. And then you're in, you're engaged in a confidence game. Like the the dollar will work to the extent that people will continue thinking and acting as if it works. All the while, you know, the central bank is uh, in- expanding the supply of that currency, debasing its purchasing power. And so you're trying to you, you end up getting in this situation where the central bank and the nation state it needs to lie to the people, right, to convince them. Uh, or in God we trust, right, is on the dollar. You know, all of these these mythological symbols and sayings to try and impart integrity to the dollar when in fact the integrity is being violated all the time mm-hmm. through, through currency counterfeiting um it's it's like a long range or long-term psychological operation yeah. getting people gradually to forget what money is such that you can steal from them systematically yeah. because the dollar was yeah so i 
I um I had never really thought about you know when did we put in God we trust on the dollar or on it was the coins? It, I, I mean wasn't it fairly recently I feel like it was in the 50s or something yeah I think I had heard that too and I had never put that connection together I mean he like someone sound. ran a big political lobbying campaign to get that on there yeah I remember that too and but I had never put that together that it might have been because the dollar was losing credibility because it was losing this connection to gold and then do you think they, they knew the, that though I mean because in the 50s we, I mean it was still it, it wasn't the same peg yeah but before 71 it was still at least relatively tied to gold. Yeah. I, I think the overall point of this guy on the podcast, though, is that um, governments, people kind of know what money is, and then it gets tokenized or you get paper receipts for this stuff. And then, like, a couple of generations later, people forget what the thing was pegged to. And when they forget what the thing was pegged to, that's when the society forgets what money is and then there ha- the society has to go through another kind of relearning that money has to be pegged to something physical in order to be scarce and yeah it's got to be scarce to be money and i don't know there are a lot so, of people that do not know that the dollar's not pegged to gold i know <laughs> it's kind of it like disheartening is not the it's it's mind-blowing yeah just a lot of people out there still think that that piece of paper is backed by something there have been several conversations i've had with people that i consider to be very intelligent Mm -hmm. that just do not know that no this is this is a green piece of debt yeah um this is an imposition on your bank Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I bet we could go downstairs and pull everybody and we would get at least a third that are like, wait, you mean it's not pegged to gold? <laughs> I remember a conversation with uh, my fiance's dad and he was like, I can go to the airport and get gold for my dollars right now. <laughs> like, so the, the, the idea that he could exchange his dollars for some floating amount of gold in his mind meant that the dollar was still backed by gold (laughs) there is not a denomination of gold that you could exchange for a dollar like like a little like speck of gold dust i think um there's a lot of stories there's a lot of stories coming out mainly from like international news but it's like people are going to their banks and they're with uh you know not allowing them to withdraw cash so i think uh if that starts to play out here where they start to be like, you can't with, I mean, I guess now, like how much, it is how much cash? Yeah. Like I think once that starts to happen, that'll wake a lot of the boomers up. Uh, but what you were saying is like how, like when God, we trust got put on there no one really thought about it. A question I have is when did the I and the pyramid get put on there? And what does I that have mean? that question as well? It's so fucking weird. My understanding but. of it is that it's a Masonic symbol that was put on there a while back mm-hmm. i would love to know i mean there are people we could ask the like, masons what are hot is, right now because that girl on, the airplane, are, the girl on the airplane it, she was yelling at a mason okay c- c- this is nothing this is <laughs> nothing to do with anything but i am honestly like very confused about that video like what what on earth was going on there 
All right. The TLDR on that is just uh, there was a guy who was super tatted up in a hoodie, and this girl had a lot of drinks and started talking to him, and he just started saying jokes like he is Satan and he's a part of the Freemasons and all this stuff, and she freaked out and ran down the aisle and saying yeah. that motherfucker's not real. And I thought she was talking about one of the airline attendants when she said that motherfucker's not real. I think it was the person she was sitting next to because okay. the guy right. who supposedly he he did like a AMA on like what happened. Oh, but, okay. Uh, okay. All right. But awesome. yeah, I would need to watch that because like because I, I mean the memes are great, but <laughs> I, I'm I'm very curious great. as like what happened. Caratop was on that flight too. <laughs> yeah. So he's the one that's not real. There you go. Yeah, redheads aren't real. It's going off track a little bit, but um, yeah, no, just just I think in the future, kind of like. Well, just if we're going to take it down a couple avenues. So, like, the the idea of digitizing money and how people are going to, like, like the Zoomers are not going to be used to using cash. Like, they're only going to be used to debit cards, Fortnite, V-Bucks, you know, stuff like that. But th- they should get more accustomed to Bitcoin. But something that's been – you were talking earlier about, like, clicks and understanding Bitcoin. And something that's getting me incredibly bullish is, like, this AI trend. But not, like, AI, like, ChatGPT, but, like, literal, like – if AI starts to function with each other, then like, what's the money and the, that they're going to use? And what if they start becoming like the diamond hands and like, if they're holding it and using <laughs> it to transact. And it's like, it, it was just kind of mind blowing thinking about like the only money that can be used on the internet is Bitcoin. And if these AIs can somehow transact value with one another, like it has to be Bitcoin. And that's been a pretty interesting, like, you know, you smoke some weed and you think about it and it's been a, been a good five minute thought you know yeah no it's more than a five minute thought like (laughs) i I can only think about it for five minutes because i'm like wow that's cool all right hope it happens i love that idea (laughs) where like a because i mean a lot of people don't understand when they hear ai they're still thinking terminator they're still thinking one all-consuming skynet Mm -hmm. they don't understand that there are going to be dozens if not hundreds if not thousands of these large language models that are competing against each other and they're going to have to conduct business with each other. So, McCormick why would they do that? that? He did. Yeah, yeah, he played that Terminator 3 clip at the end yeah, of it. Yeah. We, we killed, we, well, the, see, he was the humans, not the AI that killed that, the That's world. where I was somewhat going Sorry. with this, is that, like, Peter, I think, is unnecessarily afraid of AI, and <coughs> I'm starting to become increasingly frustrated with people that are fatalistic about the future of AI. Yeah. I'm not saying that there aren't threats. I'm not saying that they're not going to be uh, people that will use it in nefarious ways because, of course, there will be. Any new technology is going to be used to some degree to nefarious means. But I think the overall net is going to be overwhelmingly positive. And so, I mean, it's something that I talk to my brother a lot about a lot. And he's, like, actively like afraid of ai and, and just and have a hard time talking to him about it because it's mm. just like dude you're 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 displaying a extreme lack of creative thinking mm. you're you're giving into the doom porn that's coming out of cnn or wherever and uh, just maybe think about it for a little bit it's going to destroy a lot of bullshit jobs which is going to open up a lot more free time for a lot of people to do what they actually care about. If they're doing what they care about, is that not going to add more value to the overall economy? I, I mean, I just, I, I'm exceptionally optimistic about AI. 
Yeah. I mean, do, do we care that um, to repeat the same, you know, being afraid that a technology is going to take away jobs? Um, I mean, do we care that this is just the same story that's been talked about ever since the industrial revolution of mm-hmm. technologies taking away jobs? I mean, I think I, more than most people, really don't like just falling into the same modes of of fear as all the previous generations did. I mean, I, I think when you were talking about a technology that's paying for itself and its own money, I think b- instead of AI, a, a more practical, graspable example is a Tesla car that runs its own Uber operation and it, it pays for its own gas and it pays for its own um, maintenance because I could actually see this happening. Mm-hmm. You know, someone pro- programs this car that is just fully a- autonomous. And, you know, I guess if it's a Tesla car, it doesn't even need to um, get gas. But, it, you know, it, it pays for its own battery charging. Um, I guess it would have to pay someone to, p- to plug the thing in. But I, I, could, I could see that happening, too. And then it just, it just goes on its way, just picking up people, <laughs> dropping off people and... Um, that 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 idea is at least new to me, and I, I could see that happening before I just saw just generic AI because it's it's not clear how the AI makes money and and spends money. But. I, I was more thinking along the line like like services that you know people there will obviously be like a guy who collects the fees or whatever from coding it and creating the business around it, but for sure. But I mean oh, they okay. they do act I mean, within the parameters of what they're coded to do, right? Yeah, Man. they're not going to just sell because it fucking... What, I mean, they're... It's going to... I don't know. I just... Just well, thinking about the conviction be, they're going to have. They don't fucking... They don't think about anything. It's just code. As long as hash rate goes up and the transactions keep going, like, they'll fucking keep doing it. Well, so... so It's just... It's crazy. Have y'all listened to any of Guy Swan's new AI Unchained podcast? No. no. What's that it's about? It's great. It's great. I think it's about AI. <laughs> it, it, it It's about AI. Y'all should check it out. I mean, it's pretty sweet. So, like, in his most recent episode, he was talking about exactly this, how fiat is just incompatible with the uh, proliferation of AI Mm -hmm. because there can be an infinite number of these AI agents. What they are going to seek more than anything else is the only thing that is absolutely scarce. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's the only thing that they can like prove their worth with, is by something that is is pretty much just diametrically opposite to like what they are bringing to the table. Yeah, I have a question for you guys: uh, Is Bitcoin an AI? No. No. What do you no. Think? No. Why not? I think it's, it's it different takes, because takes, okay, well, is it intelligent or is it a life form? Because now, now, <laughs> like now, we're getting into. I think it is speak on that well you know everyone loves to talk about ai no one likes to define what they mean by ai which is like one of the signs that it's kind of fud and kind of <laughs> dumb to talk about i mean i i took uh three grad level classes uh for my master's degree in artificial intelligence and what artificial intelligence meant back then is totally different than what artificial intelligence means right now and I would imagine 10 years from now, what you guys call AI, ChatGPT or whatever, that won't be considered AI anymore. 
because that's just what I've seen in my lifetime. Like machine learning, pattern recognition, these, I guess, are not AI anymore. Uh, like just a program being able to detect what's in an image, facial recognition, like this used to be considered AI. I guess this is not AI anymore. Um, now it just seems people think AI means ChatGPT, uh, which is like a really kind of strange way that the word AI has evolved and I don't see it stop evolving. Um, but I think what, why I think Bitcoin is AI, I all of a sudden I just don't even want to use that word anymore, um, is that it's replacing the managerial class. So I like to think people have before always known that technology replaces the blue collar workers and replaces the manual labor. I think AI are things that replace the CEO. They, they are like the decision makers. It replaces pencil pushers. Yeah. It replaces the top instead of the bottom and Bitcoin replaces the, the central bank. Um, and it's a, artificial intelligence that you know manages the monetary system at the top by itself so that's the case i make for it being an ai but AI i mean something different now so it definitely does i mean a lot of what you see ai being used for is just what you would have called an algorithm two years ago yeah where it's just like, oh, no, AI is the buzzword of the day. Therefore, instead of saying, you know, we're, we're determining what's going on algorithmically, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we're using AI here to determine whatever it is. Like, let me give you, let me give you an example. So, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, brush up my Spanish, and I'm using uh, the Duolingo app because it's free. It's, like, gamified. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm learning a ton, but I, I feel like I am. <laughs> and when I first started using it, it would say, hey, if you level up and pay for the service, we'll give you algorithmically generated practice sets. Okay. Uh, and, I, and within the past like couple months, they have changed that verbiage in their advertising to be AI generated <laughs> practice sets. And it's just like, man, I mean... It, it, it's the buzzword of the day, yeah. and I many you can see it on Twitter too, where you have a lot of like the crypto bros mm-hmm. that were just like looking for like, hey, what's the hot new shit coin? Yeah, to be like, oh, now like, hey, here's uh, Chat GPT is a money making machine. Here are ten prompts that will earn you a hundred k in a month. That, I, I I was really surprised that somebody didn't capitalize on the chat gpt coin you know i mean i, I know there are some well, out, world coin. out there yeah like i heard of some a little bit but n- Ralph no Paul one really literally on like bankless like this okay. week was oh, talking week. about like tokenizing ai like it's coming okay it's coming like a lot of people like to like speculate what's going to be the next like wave of shit coin like so, I mean, like this last one was NFTs, right? Um, the one before that was DeFi. Uh, there are a lot of people that think that the okay. next one's going to be identity based, which I think is yeah, soul, uh, is soul, true. Soulbound, 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 soulbound. coins. Um, What's soulbound? 
Soulbound is just like it's a way to identify yourself on the internet. And it's a video game term, but like once people think it's like bound to their account and then it's like you can use it to do games and bullshit like the yeah, yeah. It's a blue check. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be like, man, well like you I don't know. Like utility is gonna find a new meaning in the next round of of it's gonna be like not not you mean liquidity, identity? not not liquidity trading bullshit pump and dump like i mean they're gonna be like you know does your ai use it and does it fucking have a game and it is it soul bound to your account and do you really 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 own it and it's like stuff like that well we've got a trader that is at the meetup and you know every now and then i'll like engage with Check him and pulse. i ask him like <laughs> hey a how's your mental health sure and b like you know what what's going on in shitcoin land and he's like oh man ai coins yeah. i'm just like damn it because like there's no I, I mean so i mean i guess it could be i mean kind of how ethereum avalanche whatever it may be is a token to use that network there will be large language models ais that are used and in order to use them, you have to use their shitcoin. You know, just to get off. I'm just the surprised topic that hasn't happened yet. I'm shocked it hasn't happened. But you better believe that somebody's using it. You better believe it'll pump. I mean, like there are a lot of people out there that think that shitcoins are dead now because it's all falling to zero against Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But that's just this wave. It's the DeFi wave. It's the NFT wave that's dying. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new wave that is going to pump in this next pump and i think the next ones are going to be soul bound coins 100 percent. that's going to be one and i, I think like ai would have based happened ones. already already but you, you, the people but, are but getting it's not dumber, pumping dude. yet <laughs> the, the it's audience is getting yet. stupider so you're saying that i'm it, saying that the next bull run the next bull run the people yeah. that are going to catch that wave yeah. not the people the coins that are going to catch that wave are going to be the ai coins and the soulbound ones. Where does the liquidity Maybe. come from, though? Like, where does these morons. events? No, but I mean, like, how do they get? How do the morons get the money? Because the last round just when they're now fiat bullshit job. Okay. Because <laughs> all those are like all those I'm are, are scamming UBI. like retail investors who think they're caught on to something that's real, something that's legitimate, something that's going to make them money, and a lot of them will make money. Uh, Okay. Riding that AI I, wave in the crypto ecosystem. I, I get what you're saying, but what I am what I am trying to get at is more like these people who believe in these projects right now probably started believing in these projects during the floating helicopter money crisis. Like if UBI comes into play and people are getting free checks, then I think more people will get attached to whatever the fuck project because they've already invested their 6,000 and they're already down and they're already into it. So maybe they're just going to keep being into it. But like, I think if you went to work every day and then you come home, like you're going to think a little bit more about investing in whatever. Um, so that's kind of what I'm like, where does the money come from? Because I don't see anything coming down the pipe. Do you not think that easy money will come back? Not for a while. Okay. Yeah, not not for a little bit. I mean, if, if, if not, that's not what you think, the, then I can see not that. Not during the cyclical waves that we're accustomed to seeing. But I think the cyclical waves are becoming shorter. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think that the highs and lows have be, have come over the course of several years at a time. I think it'll be a year of inflation, a year of easy money. I'm thinking, okay, next halving, April 2024... We'll still be having a liquidity 
cry like the average retail idiot won't have free money to invest in stupid shit coins. I can that's what I'm saying. Just I can see yeah. that. Certainly not as much as they had in twenty twenty one. Absolutely not. No. I don't think so. But I mean Ethereum in particular is like Vitalik in particular has mentioned the use case of soul coins. Oh yeah. So like they're in the process of shifting the goalpost again to make you know what is the use case for this Rube Goldberg machine? In a long time, yeah, dude. It, well, it's because you're you're in the lucky position where you can tune <laughs> this shit out. Um, like I like when I was the last see time it. you went to Charlotte. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Bitcoin Charlotte. We love you, but we're we also kidding. like to we're dick kidding. on you. We're kidding. Yeah. We're, we're kidding, kind of. Um, two things that have been mysterious to me. Well, one's less mysterious, but um, both games, like Bitcoin being used in games, uh, video games, has never really taken off. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's about to take off, and like Zebedee, and, you know, I mean, but this started like a long time ago, and it's just like... You don't earn anything in never this, because really like, I've tried happens. them, and yeah. I still do them, so like when I'm listening to... Po- like, I can't... If I'm not doing something, like yeah. if I'm sitting on my couch listening to a podcast i'm playing solitaire and earning uh sats at the same time bitcoin 100 like percent i am earning money in video games will never ever ever work well because it takes Wait, the joy out of them how, how do you earn bitcoins playing solitaire so there's this one called like there's some it's thunder from, games it's not you don't earn anything in thunder oh really yeah oh. so like i found one like like bling capital or something like that uh-huh. the bling games you can earn like three four five sats per game there and that's mm. not bad because like i tried like i tried all the thunder games i tried all the zebedee ones yeah and like you got you gotta work for the, like a single sat on those <laughs> like the swings for satoshi's thing yeah. that like like that that's just that's bullshit you're, you're lucky yeah. if you get one on those and like you pretty much have to be willing to die for that one sat that you're swinging for yeah. um whereas solitaire like i mean i like I, I have at least enough of a two-track mind where like I can be playing solitaire mindlessly enough where like I'm visually engaged while I'm still downloading stuff audibly. And what what's their business model? Is it just ads? You- uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You watch ads. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And if you cheat the ads, which I tried to like, yeah. I, I tried to just like. <laughs> So like the ad would come up and I would be like I'm I'm nixing this app and then going back in and they 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 caught me so like it, it went from doing five sats per game to you know point one sats per game. But just imagine like in but the- it goes directly to Coinbase, which is a which is a bummer too because mm-hmm. so like I will earn four thousand some odd sats before I'll cash out uh-huh. and then that goes to Coinbase and then in order to withdraw withdraw from Coinbase you have to have at least a hundred thousand sats there yeah so that it just i mean I'm, I'm not recommending anybody to do this at all by any remote stretch of the imagination back in the day what i would do is um play the game go and do their like hey watch this 30 second video and earn two dollars worth of x shitcoin of the day mm-hmm. and i would do that immediately convert into bitcoin and then withdraw it that way. They've pretty much nixed their learning for crypto hmm. platform. Like that's all dead now. So now it's just basically I've got 
tens of thousands of sats just sitting in limbo on Coinbase, mm. and I can't get it off of there. So, I mean, again, I'm not suggesting that anybody do this at all, but if I'm going to sit there, uh, and, and this is, like, probably a character <laughs> personal flaw of mine, that, I, like, I, I struggle to just listen to a podcast. I got to have something going on oh, in the background. To. Yeah. And so if I'm going to be doing that, I at least feel like I'm earning sats at the same time. That's even cool. if I, you know, even if it's going to take a while before I can get them into cold storage. Yeah. The, the other thing I was going to say uh, was identity. You know, people have been trying to do identity with cryptocurrency for ages now. And I don't think that's ever going to happen either uh, because it, there's just something fundamentally incompatible with, I mean, right now, we're on an identity-based money system. Like, you can go to your bank and you have to approve your identity with your driver's license or social security card or whatever. And, like, that's what establishes your ability to withdraw that money or use that money is your identity. And so I, I think cryptocurrency and identity are just sort of fundamentally in, incompatible. But, I, I mean, I'd like to hear more about this soul thing. Well, that's why I think that, oh, like, Sailor's idea of, instead of it being identity-based, pay for it. Like, instead of it being tied to a person, if you're willing to pay sats for it, then that's how pay you... Pay sats for what? Pay sats for, um, like, so his entire concept is the orange check. Oh, yeah. So instead of it being linked to you, the person, it's linked to your willingness slash ability to sure. pay for um your will like your ability to interact with the platform yeah. that's a little different than the soul thing it's though, a right? lot different than the soul well, thing the, the, i think the soul thing i think the soul thing can get sort of um dystopian and uh matt odell has really kind of started this whole crusade against the blue checks which yeah. at first i thought it was a joke and i thought it was hilarious like i loved it but then i listened to his actual thesis on it and basically the point that he is trying to make is that this is how China inceptioned people into getting onto their social credit score system was by getting verified on uh, Alipay or WePay or WeChat, whatever the platform was over there. And from there, they're like, okay, we've got this person. And so from there, we can then make sure that they're behaving as the powers that be want them to. Mm. And so his point is that don't give Elon that power. Don't let him be the one that dictates whatever you do. Um, that's something worth looking into, I think. Like, I, like I, I've become very interested in his blue check kind of crusade because... The, 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 the fact of the matter is that the Twitter that Elon has created, if you want to get engagement without any sort of pre-existing audience, mm -hmm. if you don't have a blue check, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Like, as somebody with 300, 400 followers, I've seen my engagement just, like, <laughs> plummet to ass, like, ass bottom. And, uh -huh. you know, I've get, like, 15 20 impressions and i think that i think that's a way to very subtly 
nudge people towards identifying themselves via a blue check and you know that like there, there's something to it he's obviously being extreme but i get what he's saying yeah last week we had the the uh how many tweets you can read per day or something like that the, unbelievable the, that so that's another that. that's another uh way of like trying to enforce people into subscribing and stuff have you have y'all ran up against the i haven't 600 posts like see i mean i like i saw that number 600 that was and, and, a lot. And, and and i guess that he increased it but i thought 600 i mean like i mean I, like i try to not be active on twitter it's basically like my dump time scroll like that like that's the only time i allow myself to engage i'm trying to get off twitter more so i was happy to hear about it i was like fuck yeah now it's gonna force me to get off this shit right great like you don't have a choice I'll see you later yeah right perfect i've never really been on twitter that much and then good you're not missing anything like last week i, I read a tweet that this chick said uh social media is for women <laughs> all right and Say uh, instagram is for sure yeah i've been thinking about that a lot like Jacob is a big threads guy. He's kind of nah. right. No, thread, threads might be cool, but I'm just like... Threads is, cha- is exchanging one villain for another. I have no interest in threads. Yeah. But I want to see Elon and Zuck fight. <laughs> the bread the bread okay. and circuses um, meme, you know? It's all bread and... Th- that yeah. This is the, the, the Zuck and um, Musk shit. That's what it makes me think of. Like, I do feel like they're just really, like playing with us yeah it's a circus um well we're over an hour now uh can i uh play this one clip that really kind of made me think it's another one from the breed love and luna one please G- gets us back to bitcoin a little bit all right here we go i really wanted to understand what this thing was mm. and it's just been a it's been a six-year journey at this point it's crazy because if you think about it if there is something else that you haven't stopped thinking for the last six years I think that there are not many things, if any. Yeah. For a day. So that's it. Um, I think this is kind of profound. I, there hasn't been a day in my life for the past 10 years where I haven't thought really deeply about Bitcoin for at least an hour a day. And there's just nothing else like that. I mean, it is, that happens with nothing else except for maybe like your family or like the things that are just most important to you. And it's just like, just that alone. And the people who get it, get it. Like, and that's, it kind of gets back to our first conversation about you can't really, you know, if someone hasn't gotten to the point where they're thinking about Bitcoin every single day, then they're not ready to buy Bitcoin. Uh, but for those of us that get it, like it's, it's not just because we have like a financial investment in it. It's just because it is the most interesting thing in the world. But right now by orders of magnitude, like the Elon Zuckerberg fight does not come anywhere close to how interesting Bitcoin is and what it's doing. Do you ever feel weird when people ask you, like, what are your interests, and you say Bitcoin? Um, I mean, I usually won't say Bitcoin. I usually just say, like, a human battleship or um, (laughs) 
monster trucks or the new remote control airplane that I got or the fact that I just bought a service vest, a service dog vest for my dog on Amazon and took them to Best Buy today. So that's <laughs> an experiment and nobody said shit. So, well, it's like that meme of that the works, guy right. at the grill that's like, hey, yeah, that's cool. Did you catch the game last night? <laughs> Yeah. Like they don't. Right. Oh, want I love that. The grill, the guy the grilling. The guy I the grill. Love like that. that's a I great meme. Like you can go and be like, "Hey, you just got a bunch of money stolen from me." Like, cool, right. cool. I think about him. Did you catch right. the game last night? Right. Like I'm a normie when it comes to sports. I guess I like that. I still have. A I love sports, normie. man. I mean, like sports. It, of all the ties to Normie Land, sports are a great one because at least that's yeah. competition. I, I proof of work, but the it's meme, proof of work. No, it is <laughs> like it literally. It, it literally is proof of work. The meme okay. was more about like how the guy could give less of a fuck. Right, like, you could be like at a tailgate and be like talking about oh, right. how BlackRock or, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> just you think the the guy might like to get into Bitcoin, and he'll just be like, "Oh, nice man." Well, <laughs> right, I got like, a new like truck. You see the new highway. It's crazy. Right. Like, you're speaking this guy's language, right. and he still just, like, just does <laughs> not care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just flipping that, burgers. I love it. Yeah. Dude. It's a great, great meme. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's true. Um, but back to the original point, I 100% get what the guy is saying. I mean, like, like th- th- there have been points in my journey where I will dream about Mm-hmm. Like, like we'll literally see blocks clearing, wow. like, uh, like in my, like in my dreams, oh, yeah. and like, oh, yeah. and people co- like asking me about Bitcoin and then responding to them. Wow. Like, you've in never my had a Bitcoin dreams, dream? You never had a Bitcoin dream? Dude, I've had like four. I, I'm I, sure. I have, I have yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's yeah. like sure once I a week. Have, but oh, I, yeah, yeah no, I have them a lot. Where people are being like, "Hey, yeah, fiat's cool," and I'm just like, "Fuck you." <laughs> um, I'm always rehearsing conversations in my head. I do too. But it's I know that I just should never have them. <laughs> but I, they're there, you know. I'm ready with them. You're ready if someone if, asks. If they yeah. ever come up, I'm getting better at uh, not talking too fast when I'm trying yeah. to explain it to people. Just be really. I like to uh, send a transaction immediately. Uh-huh. Look up the transaction ID through Mempool, and just that's that's the opener every time just like i want to show you how it works you can see this you don't know me i don't know you and then you can send it to your friend and we'll do the same process and then if if they're into it that's cool but i've realized um showing them how it works is probably a lot better than talking their ear off yeah i i have kind of a new thing so i'm wearing this hat now not today but you know you know my yeah the burr hat's awesome (laughs) um bell won that for me um the hat that says uh, choose good money yeah, I know that one. Yeah, so this mystifies some people, and they're like, what does choose good money mean? <laughs> and uh, I kind of like this, because I, I just say Conversation like, piece. I just say, like, well, we got a lot of choices in money these days. You know? Ever heard of the yen? Choose a good one. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the yen? The yen. Chinese yen. The, the, oh, uh, right. Oh, they said, the, like, the letter yeah. N. It's all right. The yen. Yeah. No, it, I don't think anybody l- transacts in the yen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of um, well, it just makes me think of unit bias when I think about the yen. That's right. all. That's, that's all. I would like to think that I could convey. I probably can't. That inflation, um, yeah, it's partly a problem with the country or whatever, but it's also a problem with you choosing the wrong money. You know, inflation happens is just going to happen. Like you can't stop inflation. You can only choose which money you 
reconcile your finances in. And if you reconcile your finances in gold or Bitcoin, you won't see inflation. Well, I love how you and the Telegram have been pointing out, here are all the everyday things that are just plummeting <laughs> in price yeah. compared to the dollar. Like the one the <laughs> one you sent yesterday was like steak on your salad is plummeting <laughs> in value compared to the dollar. Or it's crushing the dollar. I, I mean, yeah. it's absolutely what true. What does that even mean? What do you mean? It, means, it means that like steak on your salad oh, you is more expensive salad, yeah. now right. than it was two years ago. Of course. And the, yeah. what is that a symptom of? That's a symptom of your dollar getting screwed. So therefore, if the dollar was able to retain its purchasing power just a minimal extent into the future, then that steak on your salad would cost the same amount. Mm-hmm. But people don't think about it. That like they just swipe their card. Like I mean, like here's a big thing. Like a lot of people don't even check their tabs anymore. They're just like, yeah, I can afford it, I guess. I'm just going to swipe my card and worry about it later. Like, they don't budget. They don't think about how much money they're spending. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hey, I mean, it's so ingrained in their system. Like, they don't think of it this way, but they're so ingrained to think that, like, my dollar sucks. Therefore, I must spend it now and get a thing from it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it, it's wild. I mean, like yeah. the, the 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 times we live in are absolutely crazy. Another thing I was uh, imaginary conversation I had produced in my head was someone asking, you know, choose good money. What does that mean? And I, I could say, well, cigarettes are still used as money in prison, and um, cigarettes have been crushing the dollar recently. Like, have you seen how valuable cigarettes have gone up in the past twenty years? Like, I. I think cigarettes might be a better money than a dollar. Right, stack cigs, and <laughs> right, your, like your it, money it, will be retained better into the future. Because really, anything could be a money. There are a lot of people that stack yeah. like nine millimeter, and <laughs> right. like that's a better money than the dollar is. Right. I mean, of course, that, you have the divisibility, transportability. Like you have all those things that we know. But you know. I was thinking about exchange rates, kind of with cigarettes. Like in prison, they're worth X. In North Carolina, it's worth, what, like $10 a pack here? And then in New York, they're like 18 a pack. So it's like sure. if you bought them here and then moved, you know, or went up there and sold them. Oh, yeah. You know, no, but just, just on, on average, though, over the past 20 years. Totally, like, totally. Yeah. But, it, well, my mind was going down, like, the sovereign individual. Like, if there was, like, areas and, like, if you had Bitcoin and then, like, would, would Bitcoin have different exchange rates in different territories and stuff? But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're at an hour and 18 minutes. Do y'all want to play one more clip, or do y'all want to just wrap it up? Or um, We can wrap. I mean, like, how good is the next clip? Probably not that good. All right. Well, so, you know, the, the, the point of this entire show mm-hmm. is always, has always been, come to our meetup. Uh, you're going to have a good time. You're going to meet people that have a similar mindset, a similar worldview, a similar short time time, time preference. who want to see their money last into the future. They want to see their purchasing power increase instead of decrease. This is a way to make savings come back in a major way. It's something that is going to make your grandparents who taught you how to save, taught you the principles of saving proud. There's no better way to do it than to purchase Bitcoin. There's no better way to peacefully productively protest to the nonsense you see day in day out other than buying bitcoin there's no better way to 
involve yourself in the Bitcoin system than getting involved in a meetup. So just to rehash what Steve said at the top of the hour, come hang out with us on Tuesday. Um, we're at 6.30 at Rally Point. I guess it's technically in Cary off of Harrison Boulevard. Um, let us know if you've heard this. Um, we would love to know if this is making any sort of impact at all, um, as fun as it is. But, I mean, like the goal is to get more people to come. We know that there are Bitcoiners in the Raleigh area who are probably on the fence about coming. Come and hang out, man. Um, we have a good time. Uh, we don't do any presentations or anything like that. We're just you're just hanging out with a bunch of Bitcoiners. There are a lot of people here that know a lot. Um, most toxic meetup in the. It's the most toxic meetup you'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. So we hope to see you there on Tuesday. Um, one last final thought from me: um, service dog vests are only twenty dollars on Amazon and. Uh, you could say that uh, this dog detects low blood sugar or like is an early warning dog for seizures, which you have a problem with. So um, definitely get a service dog vest for your dog. Is it going to crush the dollar and, uh, in the next year? Service, it's going to smoke shit out of the dog. going to crush the dollar. Demolish the dog. Only yeah. 20 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, buy it now. Yeah. Anything last, Jacob? I'm going to Summer League. Oh, he's going to somewhere. And I'm going to gamble my ass off. Give me some strippers. I know this is not a Bitcoin. This is a Bitcoin podcast, but I'm excited to uh, yeah, to do that. Give yeah. me some stripper cards. Yes. It's going to be a fiat week for your boy. Okay. Better yeah. than the dollar. <laughs> All right. Thanks we'll for We'll catch you all next time. See you next time.